Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. I'm excited to continue our series on the book of Revelation. Uh, If you have your Bibles, can you pull them out? Uh, If you have your paper Bibles, your phone, uh, we want you to to read the scriptures with us. What we believe is important is that as we go throughout the week, uh, it says in Joshua 1, 7, that if you meditate on the word day and night, that your ways will be prosperous and you will have success. And so what we want is Sundays not just to be a service and a sermon, but we want us to read the scriptures Take the scriptures we read today, read them over and over and over again this week, and then take notes and compare and allow God to reveal. I believe that if we do that, what he'll reveal throughout the week will be even more than just in this moment, because the word of God is living, it's powerful, and it's active, and and so we want to just be able to get everything we are. So if we can pull out our scriptures we're going to read together, if you have a paper Bible, in the book of Revelation, it's all the way at the end. It's all the way at the end. If you've never read it before, you're welcome. Today you will, Um, and we're going through an amazing series. We're going to start in chapter chapter 2, verse 18, chapter 2, verse 18, and it says this, and to the angel of, to the church in Thyatira write, the words of the Son of God, who has the eyes like a flame of fire, whose feet are like burnished bronze, I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman, Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent. I'm going to pause right there. God is a good God. He gives everyone time to repent. He gives us time. He gives her time to repent. And he says this, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her, I will throw them into a great tribulation unless they repent of her works. Verse 23 says, I will strike her children dead, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches the mind and the heart. I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold to this teaching, who have not uh, learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you, I say, I do not lay on any other burden. Only hold fast to what you have until I come. The one who conquers and the one who keeps my words until the end to him, I will give authority over the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron as the, as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as myself have received authority from my father, I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. That's our key verse. He who has an ear to hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. The book of Revelation really has two approaches, and we've talked about this, and we'll continue to talk about it. There's two approaches. One is we have an overemphasis of it. Um, we're trying to figure out the math equation, to figure out the who, what, when, why, how the end times is going to happen. And then we live at the, the, the kind of the mercy of the geopolitical climate and the headlines of our day, and we are trying to figure out who the Antichrist is. Um, I was telling them in fifth grade, there was a website called stupidvideos.com. It doesn't exist anymore. And uh, I got in trouble because it was during the election, and I, sh- I pulled up a friend, uh, a video for a friend of, 
a video of John Kerry, and it says, look at the moles on his neck. It's the Star of David. Who is he? The Antichrist, right? Like, I'm not telling you where I vote, guys. I'm just, it's a joke, all right, right? So, like, I, there's this video so every day trying to predict this person's the Antichrist, right? Like, I remember seeing a harvest moon as a kid thinking it was the blood moon. I was like, dude, I'm toast. Like, I, I thought for sure I would come home and my parents would be gone. And I'm like, because it's like, the rapture happened, the blood moon's here, right? Like, we overemphasize. We become, like, science fiction novel enthusiasts trying to de- decipher and figure out the symbolism of Revelation. On the other hand, we don't even read it at all. It's like as if it doesn't exist. It's like, you know what? I don't need to know when Jesus returns. He's just going to come. I'm just going to read everything else except for Revelation because it freaks us out. Thank you, Kurt Cameron, right? <laughs> My Lord. But these two approaches, what it doesn't do is it, it, it doesn't help us actually see the rich, deep theology of the book of Revelation. Our God is not one-dimensional. He's not two-dimensional. He's not three-dimensional. He's eternally dimensional. And the book of Revelation, as it says in Revelation 1.1, is this, a revelation of Jesus Christ. So what we see is a multifaceted, multi-layered revelation of Jesus Christ in heaven, on earth. What, is he, what did he do then? What is he doing now? What is he going to do in the future? We get to see the different facets and, and, and pieces and parts of who our God is. And when we discover and have this revelation of who he is, we can better pursue who he's called us to become. And this is a book that is about, it's a rich theology, it's a revelation of Jesus, and ultimately it's a battle for our worship. What's happening in culture, what's happening in this world, what's happening right now is it's a fight for our worship. Either we will worship Jesus as he reveals himself, or we will worship the ruler of this world. So Christ has revealed himself and shows us, this is who I am. It's a self-revelation of Jesus. So it's a battle for our worship. And so to the church that hears God is a church that overcomes the world. We will not be overcome by the world, but we will overcome the world if we tune our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Why are we going through the churches? Because we believe the seven churches are this. It's not just the seven churches of the past or the seven churches in the future, but it represents the church of all times, past, present, and future. And even now, what is God saying to City Church California in Ventura, California, 2023? What is he saying to us so that we can be those who overcome the world and not overcome by it? So what is he saying to us? To the Apostle John, who wrote the book of Revelation, to hear was to obey. It, there, there was not this like, oh, you're listening, but you didn't really obey. To hear was to obey. That was, that, that they were synonymous together. So if I heard God truly, I obeyed what he said. So to hear what the Spirit is saying is not just to listen, but it's actually to say, okay, God, what you are saying, I'm going to walk in obedience with that. And then it says we will be those who are conquerors, are overcomers. For them, overcoming or conquering was like a, a military conquest where you went and took what was yours. For John, he's saying to be a conqueror, to be an overcomer, is someone who doesn't take life or take what they want. It's someone who lays down their life for Jesus. How can we remain faithful in the times where culture is crazy, persecution, pain, suffering, hurt? What do we do in this battle for our worship? How do we remain faithful to Jesus? What we need to see is how does Christ reveal himself to us so we can worship him properly now? 
So we're going to go into the church in Thyatira. And, and let's go back to verse 18 and 19. It says this. And this is Jesus revealing himself to the church in Thyatira. And look at the, the way he chooses to reveal himself. He says this. To the angel in the church in Thyatira write the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love and faith and your service and patient endurance, and your latter works exceed your first. The, the city of Thyatira was a people of, it was a blue collar city. Every, it was merchants and it was craftsmen. People were working hard. Um, the first really kind of time we hear about Thyatira was a person named Lydia in Acts 16. She, was, she would sell purple yarn, purple thread. She was a, a merchant and she was a wealthy woman. And, and so she's from Thyatira. So it's craftsmen and merchants and they, would, they, they, they specialize in textiles and bronze and they would make the purest bronze and they would make it for armor for the army. And, 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 and really this was a place in which was run by blue collar workers. They had these things called guilds, workers guilds or workers unions if you will. And so if you wanted to be a bronze merchant, you had to be a part of the bronze guild. If you wanted to be a part of someone who did textiles, you had to be a part of the textile guild. And see, the problem with these guilds or these unions was in order to be a part of it, you had to participate in what they did. And what they did was this, is they would start off a festival or a night and they would get the food and, the, and they would sacrifice it to the god Apollo, who was their god of that city. They would have this long night of revelry and, and, and sacrifice and eating the food to idols and it would always end in debauchery and sexual immorality. And so in order to be a part of this union, you had to participate in their worship. So the pressure was on the outside. But these people were good people. See, this is one of the only places that we actually see that, 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 that in the Roman Empire, they were allowed to have their own coin or their own currency. And it was a, a brass coin with the, the god Apollo holding hands with the emperor. And Jesus reveals himself in a special way here. In fact, if you were to understand the Old Testament, if you were to know in Jan Daniel chapter 10, Daniel saw the same vision of Jesus as John is seeing right now. It's a crazy connection and a crazy parallel in the book of Revelation. John knew what he was writing. And what does he say? That Jesus is saying, I am, I have flames like, uh, eyes like flames of fire, and I have feet like burnished bronze. And I am the Son of God. This is one of the only times that we see in the book of Revelation that Christ reveals himself as the Son of God. And why is that? Because Apollo was called the Son of God, as he was the son of Zeus. So he is saying, I am the true son of God, and in my eyes is like fire, which represents holiness or purity, and I can discern the thoughts of man, and I can discern the impurities of man, and I am, I am looking for holiness. I am looking for purity, and brass and bronze speaks of judgment or authority. So he's saying, I am the one who has authority. I am the one who seeks out holiness. And because of it's who I am, the son of God, he is revealing himself as the one who carries the authority to execute judgment. He's speaking of authority. He's speaking of holiness. And he's saying to them, I know your works. Man, that encourages me. He says, you're growing. This was a maturing church. It says your, 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 your latter works are better than your former works. They exceed it. You're growing. You're doing a good job. I see that you're growing in endurance. I see that you're growing in service and patient endurance and faith. I see it and I'm proud of you and I'm thankful because sometimes don't you feel like God doesn't see it? 
Man, I feel like I'm doing everything right. But we're stuck and we're, God, what do He notices. Don't stop. Don't grow weary in doing good. This was a church that was growing. They were maturing, but they had a problem. And Jesus cares enough to bring correction. The correction of God is not him, him being restrictive. It's him being protective. A good father protects those he loves. So he brings a protection. What is the protection that he brings? He says that you tolerate Jezebel. Let's read that verse 20. He says this. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food, sacrifice to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her, I will throw into a great tribulation unless they repent of her works." And I will strike her children dead, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches the mind and the heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold to this teaching, who, do not, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on any other burden, only hold fast to what you have until I come. Pastor Michael mentioned a, another Old Testament character last week called Balaam, the prophet Balaam. And this is another uh, picture uh, of, of an Old Testament character. They actually believe that there was a literal physical woman in the church in Thyatira who was, who was prophesying and speaking things out and teaching uh, bad doctrines. And, and so who was Jezebel, though, right? Jezzy, as some of us call her, right? <laughs> who was Jezzy? Who was this lady who, 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 obviously, she doesn't have a good reputation, Right? Well, Jezebel was, was the one who really introduced idolatry she, she, on a big scale within the monarchy. She brought this on a mass scale. She created her own counterfeit school of prophets. She wanted it to, to counterfeit the voice of God. Look, the enemy cannot create. He can only counterfeit. The enemy does not have authority to, to create anything, but he wants to counterfeit what God's already created. And so she wanted to counterfeit God's voices, and they had a prophet off. With the prophet Elijah, 450 prophets of Baal versus uh, the, the one prophet Elijah. And Elijah started talking trash. It's telling the other church it makes me feel better about when I play men's league basketball. Right? Like I started talking trash. I'm like, you know what? Elijah did it. Jake, you're not that bad. Right? He's talking trash to these prophets. He calls down fire. And guess what? God brings down fire. He executes the prophets of Baal. She's trying to execute Elijah. She was a person who brought idolatry and immorality into Israel. But who was really the problem? It wasn't Jezebel. It was Ahab. Because we as believers, we have authority. Because we are submitted to the authority, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And because we are submitted to God, we have authority. Ahab had authority. He was the king. He was the one who could dictate the spiritual climate of the, of the nation. He was the one who could push them closer to God or further away. He had authority. But what did Ahab do? He abdicated his authority. He gave up his authority. There is never a Jezebel without an Ahab. And what was Ahab's problem? He was too passive. He was too passive. He gave passive permission to Jezebel. To say nothing is to say everything, isn't it? He didn't say anything. They want to shut up our voice. 
They don't want us to say anything. And guess what? When we stay silent, we give passive permission to a culture to infiltrate our world in which God has given us authority to reach. Ahab gave passive permission. Passive permission. He didn't say anything. He didn't correct. He didn't bring in. He let her do and say he abdicated his authority. Where are we allowing the enemy to do the same? Because wherever there's an attitude of Ahab, there's always a spirit of Jezebel. And whatever we tolerate, we will eventually imitate. Whatever we tolerate, we will eventually imitate. So as a church, what is, it, what is he correcting in this church in Thyatira? Let's not get cute with it. Let's just say what it was. Sexual immorality. She was coming in and she was teaching that, 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 it is, that, that loose living is okay for a believer. She was bringing the culture and how they viewed sexuality and viewed it into the world and brought it into the church. And what did the church in Thyatira do? They tolerated it. They stayed silent. They didn't want to offend they didn't want to hurt. They didn't want to bring correction. They were passive. And get this, whatever we tolerate, we will ultimately imitate. And we think that showing the love of God means staying silent. That is not showing the love of God. If my son is running into a busy street and I don't say anything, you would say you don't love your son because I would let him get hurt. So to not speak is to abdicate authority. And God gave us authority. We are not weak and ineffectual. Sometimes we give the enemy way too much authority. Because guess what? He can't take your authority. It's not his. He tempted Jesus, right? He said, hey, if you bow to me, I'll give you the nations. And Jesus says, you can't give me what's not yours. We're not going to bow our knee and passively stay silent while the enemy is trying to infiltrate our minds and our hearts with a demonic culture that is trying to take us somewhere that God is not taking us. No, we have a voice that has authority. Why? Because we are submitted to the one who has given us authority because he's submitted to the Father. That's how authority works. But the problem is, as a church, we have abdicated authority at times, haven't we? What are the areas that we've abdicated authority? Is it culture? Is it sexual immorality? Are we as men and women in our houses and our lives, have we allowed things into our world that 10 years ago we would have never allowed? Do we allow it into our kids' thinking? Because it's become normal. That's not authority in the kingdom of God. And the enemy has tried to convince us, as it says in Romans 1, that they celebrated even though they knew it was wrong. They celebrated when other people did it. That's what tolerating leads to. Because whatever we tolerate, we will imitate. Whatever we allow, what does it mean to tolerate? It's refusing to cut ties with an old way of thinking, a refusal to walk away from. What are we refusing to cut ties with? Maybe we're saved and we're growing like the church in Thyatira, but we refuse to cut ties with how we view our sexuality. We refuse to cut ties with how we view our money. The church don't need my money. It's my money. That's, that, that, where's the authority? Whose authority are we submitting to? 
Are we refusing to cut ties with how we view our spouse? Are we refusing to cut ties with how, what are we tolerating? And it may not be that we're actually actively trying to pursue that, but see, this is the thing. There's no neutrality when we're pursuing Jesus. Either we are becoming more like Jesus or we are being deformed away from his image. And whatever we surrender our life to or we give passive permission to is the thing in which we actually give authority to. To not speak up is to actually give it authority. To refuse to walk away. And that is why the enemy is trying to, give, to, 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 to deceive us into a counterfeit love, a counterfeit way of approaching authority. He wants us to abdicate what God died for. And Jesus, he, he doesn't take things lightly. Jesus gave time to repent, but he didn't tolerate sin. He says, I'm going to throw it into a sick bed. And anyone, it's like, oh, that's intense. Like nowadays in 2023, it's like, Jesus, that's intense, man. You're going to be more like inclusive. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Now, what is he saying? I care about my church. He loves the church. It's his bride. I've said this before, but if you came up to me and said, Jake, I love you so much, man. You're awesome. I hate your wife. And I would say, you don't love me. The church is the bride of Christ. So to love Jesus is to love the church because this is who he loves. He loves us. And he cares about how we live. He cares about what we think. He cares about the holiness and the purity of his church. And he says, I will do anything to protect my bride. And I have given authority. He says, look, I have the authority to, to, to rule this church. And if you won't speak up, I will. If we are, remain passive, God, God's not going to let his church die. This is the vehicle that will reach the world. And he has the authority to bring in what he needs to bring. And he has given us that authority. What have we given up authority to? And he says, where, where, where do these believers, where do we get our authority? It's from the word of God. It's from scripture. The Bible is God's self-revelation. So we don't, you know, the, the, I think it's in Jeremiah. My dad will probably know, but. And the prophet gives a prophecy to the king, and he's reading it, and as he's reading it, he cuts out the parts he doesn't like, and he throws it in the fire. And eventually, he's left with nothing. That is what deconstructionism is. We, are, we take the word of God, and we cut out what we don't like, and we keep what we do like. But eventually, guess what we are left with? Nothing. Because we're, not we're not submitting to the authority of God. We're removing his words to make it palatable for us and for others. But conviction is not God being mean, it's being protective and saying, here, come, let me take you to a place that you never dreamed of. There's a freedom. There's a better way to live. There's a higher way to think. God has given us freedom and hope, and he's saying, church, we have authority, and it's called the scriptures. That's why doctrine matters. Why? Because if you believe correctly about God, you will live accurately for him. Right believing always produces right living. Right living, right living doesn't necessarily produce right believing, but right believing will definitely produce right living. So what's the framework in our mind? And what have we allowed that's not of God? What are things that we believe that are not about God, that, that really aren't true? Because the authority of Scripture is we can take a lie and we can hold it up to Scripture and we can see that, oh, that's a lie. And it has the authority to help us discern what is a lie and what is truth. And how do we walk in this authority? And he says to them, he says, to those who have not ascribed to the teachings of the deep things of Satan. And the keys can come on up. 
This, this idea was that they were telling people, we have this new discovery about God and this new discovery about spirituality. And we have the answer with these new problems and these new things you're facing. We have the new answer. Can I say a couple things about doctrine? If it's new, either it's not new. Somebody else is, you know, it's, they just, it's new to them, but it's not new. Or it's not true. If someone says, hey, I got this new discovery, either it's not new or it's not true. And so they're coming up saying, we have this new solution to the new problems. We discovered God doesn't care about how you live. It's okay. He's so tolerant. We have to, he's adjusting with our culture. Isn't that funny that we adjust God to our culture instead of adjusting our culture to our God? Oh, Jesus wouldn't do this if he lived here. That's what we say. That's not true. Second Timothy says this, that he's speaking of in the last days. He said, there was a time coming that people will not endure sound teaching, but will have itching ears and they will accumulate for themselves teachers who suit their own passions. I'm going to find someone who agrees with me and I'm going to listen to that person. And what we do is we give authority to someone other than God and his scripture and his word. It's God's self-revelation. God is showing us, this is who I am. This is what I care about. If you worship me, I want you to follow in this way. God cares about holiness. God cares about purity. God cares about unity. God cares about his church. God cares about you and the things and how you live and what you're doing. God cares that you're growing. God cares that you're trying to be a good parent and you're parenting your kids the best you can. God cares that you're going to small group and you're trying to grow and you're trying to develop. God cares. He sees it. It's not just religious action. He's saying, son, daughter, I see it and I care a lot. I'm pulling you somewhere. I know sometimes you don't see it and sometimes there's temptation to give this up. No, you, the enemy cannot take anything. The church will never be destroyed from without. It can only be destroyed from within. Same as the believer. There is nothing that that, that Satan can do that can destroy you. And that's what Revelation is talking about. Even if we are martyred, he didn't win. Because you know where we go? We go right to the throne room of heaven and we are crying out for justice. And Jesus is saying, just wait, wait, wait. I'll give you your justice because you mess with my people. There is nothing the enemy can do to take you out from without. But it's when we abdicate authority from within and it's just being passive, isn't it? Man, it's not that, like, sometimes we try to make it this big thing that Satan's attacking me and my this. And sometimes it's just what we are, what are we allowing? You're a son and daughter of God. Man, I just don't know why Satan's attacking me. Well, well, why are you allowing those voices to speak into your life? Why are you allowing that media to come into your home? Why are you allowing culture to define how we raise kids and how we pursue Jesus? And we wonder why we are stuck right here saying, God, what's going on? God, are you here? Are you here? He said, yeah, I'm here. And I made you a son. And I made you a daughter. And I gave you authority. Don't succumb to the culture. Why don't we lean into my book and my authority? And I will take you places that you can never go. And I will protect you. you're in the wilderness 
The promise of revelation is not a lack of persecution or pain. The promise of revelation is that in the wilderness, in the midst of it, there is a layer of protection called the Holy Spirit. And the enemy can't take him away. And he is the Spirit of God. And the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is within us. And why do we live as if we don't have him? We have the Holy Spirit, don't we? I can't believe culture said that. Read the Bible. They're going to say it. But we have the scriptures and we know it's a lie. I'm not going to succumb to it. We're not going to stay quiet. We're not going to stay silent. We're not going to be passive. Why? Because we are the church of a living God, the Son of Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who died for us. And as a church, we will speak out. Why? Because that's our job. To preach the gospel in season and out of season, ready to evangelize, ready to reach the world, not by just being those who are tolerant. Tolerance does not save this world. To agree does not actually bring people in. It's not loving to let someone run in a place that's destructive. But it's to speak with truth and love and say, hey, there's someone better. His name is Jesus. 26 and 29 says this, to the one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations and I will rule, and he will rule them with a rod as iron as when the earthen, uh, earthen pots are broken in pieces and even as myself have received authority from my father, verse 28. And I will give to him the morning star and he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Just stand to your feet this morning. Jesus gave us a picture. He says, we, what we'll do in, in eternity. What we will do in the fullness of eternity is what we can do now, partially in reality now. He says that we will rule in authority in the kingdom of heaven. We will rule with them. We will rule and reign. But, but because we're doing that now, guess what? We actually can, we rule in authority now. So I had someone tell me like, you know, what are we going to do in heaven? Just sing worship all day with our shoes off, right? What is worship? No, worship, God's going to give us something to do. And we're going to rule, we're going to run the family business with our father. And he's going to give us authority to rule over angels. And guess what? He's doing that now. We have authority now. We can walk in the family business now. And Jesus is saying, hey, I've given you authority. Are you Don't abdicate it. Don't give up a gift that God has given you for a lie for the enemy. So what are the areas that we have chosen to listen to, that we've abdicated authority? Have we allowed culture to define how we think and how we live? Have we allowed sexual immorality to run rampant in our lives? We talked about this a few weeks ago. The word is pornea. Are we allowing this idea of pornea to infiltrate how we live and the media we watch and the things we listen to and the things our kids are consuming? What are we, what are we passively allowing? Allow the Holy Spirit to bring it to your heart and your mind. Because I know that there are times for me in this moment right now, I can think, man, I shouldn't have allowed that. I shouldn't have allowed that way of thinking. I shouldn't have allowed that way of speaking. I shouldn't have allowed that. And God, you gave me the authority to speak with truth and with grace. And God, I abdicated because I stayed silent. And you want to know what the opposite of, the opposite of tolerance is? Repentance. If tolerance is the refusal to change your thinking about it, repentance, the Greek word, is to change your thinking about it. So if I refuse to 
walk away. Repentance is turning the direction and saying, okay, I'm going this way. I'm going this way. See, why is tolerance, we, we, we want to tolerate everything and anything. Well, it's because it's a lie from the enemy to get us to not repent. Because it's only the repentance of sins that freedom comes in. It's only the turning of our mind and saying, okay, God, metanoia, change my thinking about this. So what are the areas? What are the areas that the Holy Spirit right now needs to change our thinking about? Lift our hands, let's close our eyes, let's have this moment. Men, in this place, the leaders of our homes, the leaders of our church, what areas have we abdicated as leaders? What areas as believers have we just allowed passively? Maybe it's insecurities, maybe it's fear, maybe it's addiction. But what are the areas we have refused to allow the Holy Spirit to change our thinking about? So Holy Spirit, right now, we give you the room and we say, just reveal, speak, correct, heal, restore. room this morning, you would say, I've abdicated some authority in my walk. I've passively allowed some things. I have. If you just lift both hands in the air, it's a place of surrender. God, we submit to your authority. Forgive us. Forgive us of allowing something that took the authority you died for as the Son of God. Lord, we love you know that you see us right now I pray for a supernatural authority to come over City Church California we have an authority over our voice we will begin to bring the authority of heaven into our workplaces into our homes we will not passively sit by while the enemy tries to run rampant in our state but this will be a place a beacon of hope in which authority of God begins to break strongholds over people's lives demons will flee bodies will be healed why because we are going to be submitted to the authority of Jesus and we will speak what he speaks we will say we will go where he goes we will we will we will pray what he prays we are leaning into God who you are and what you are asking us to do. So I pray for a supernatural authority even in this room right now. We bind anything that has been a, a stronghold in your life. We pray against it right now. We pray against the spiritual the, the spirit of sexual immorality. We pray right now for the men of our church that we will be leaders of our homes. We will be sons of the Most High God. We will be fathers who pursue you. We will be those who run after you right now. I pray you're beginning to reestablish the authority of men 
in City Church, California. We will be those who pray and seek your face and we will be those who submit to you, oh God. God, forgive us for being passive. Forgive us for stopping. Forgive us for staying silent no more. We will speak up because we know our God cares about Ventura, California. And what it requires is his church to be those who don't passively sit by hoping someone hears about Jesus, but those who are transformed by the Son of the living God and submitted to his authority, something higher than this world. We're going to see our families transformed, our marriages transformed. Why? Because our God is in the transformation business and we are submitted to him. So God, we pray against any lies of the enemy that have infiltrated our families, infiltrated our marriages, and we pray against it right now. And we have the authority, whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is loose in heaven. So what we let loose right now is your spirit. Your spirit is gonna go rampant in this place. You're gonna fill us to the brim and overflow. People are gonna be filled with the Holy Spirit. They're gonna be power to prophesy, to speak in tongues, to encourage, to evangelize, to speak out. God's gonna give them a spirit of boldness like Acts chapter four. Give us a spirit of boldness in our church. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.